0: John chapter 19, and this morning, I don't know if you are familiar with these terms. I'm, I'm not going to give you a sermon, rather this is a charge. And uh, a charge, you see this mentioned in the Bible, Paul, when he writes to Timothy and Titus, he says, I charge you by the Lord Jesus Christ. You're telling people who are in authority what responsibilities they have and how far-reaching their authority is. You're more or less telling the people in charge what is expected of them. So today I'm preaching to the men. Happy Father's Day, and this is a charge for you men. This is something, I, I have no shame in saying this in front of the ladies, in front of children. I have nothing dodgy to say or to hide from them, obviously. But men, it's good for you to have this charge given in the presence of all for the sake of accountability. I want to preach to you this morning about a real man i want to answer the question what is a real man so before we even read let's pray father help us as we go into the scripture now we desire to learn at the foot of the master and we mean that we're going to take a look at the real man today our desire is to have our focus and attention our eyes fixed firmly on the lord jesus christ And Lord, help us to learn from you today what it means to be a real man. We ask for your help now, your blessing and presence. In Jesus' name, amen. John 19, verse 1, Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. Now you understand that scourging is the whipping that he endured. Verse 2, And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe. And said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they smote him with their hands. Now, they're mocking him. You know that. Verse 4, Pilate there, therefore went forth again. And saith unto them, unto this angry mob that is gathered. Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him. This is crazy injustice. Pilate is the official judge. For this province in Rome. And he declares Jesus innocent three times. In the passage. Three times. He's he's not guilty. No fault. No fault. No fault. And still has him executed. The greatest injustice you can imagine. Verse 5. Then came Jesus forth. Wearing the crown of thorns. And the purple robe. Just picture that in your mind. I want you to think about that. Really think about it. Before Jesus went into this little private area for the soldiers to beat him, he was tired, right? He hadn't eaten or slept the night before. He had a few bruises on his face because they were during that mock trial at Annas and Caiaphas's place. They had hit him a few times and ripped on his beard, but now he has been whipped within an inch of his life. There is blood flowing everywhere. And this purple robe and this crown of thorns is pressing into his brow. The blood is trickling down his face. The tears are cutting through the dirt. His, he no longer looks like a man. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 52, his visage, his face, was marred more than any man. You could not recognize him as the same guy who went in to take this beating now he comes out wearing this crown of thorns and a purple robe and watch this next statement Pilate saith unto them behold the man and that is the heart and soul of my message today here Pilate one of the more cowardly figures in the Bible he knew what was right and could not bring himself to do it too afraid of public opinion Even he had to admit, there stands a real man. Behold the man. So I want to preach to you about a real man. And one step further, the real man. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, There's one God and one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. He is the Man. He is the image of God and all of us, man or woman, should strive to be conformed to that image. But if you want to learn specifically today, what does it mean to be a real man? We're just going to take a few lessons from this story and all the things that, that surround this part of the life of Christ. We're going to look at some things a real man does do and several things he does not do. First of all, let me quickly point out, a real man does not pick on those weaker than him. A real man is not a bully. If you're a bully, that makes you one of the soldiers in verse two, three, in verses 2, 3, and 4. That makes you one of them. To pick on somebody who's weaker than you, who has less authority to you. To speak down to them. To speak harshly to them. Dads, to pick on your children. To bully them. That's not a real man. That's just one of those soldiers. A real man does not use foul language in order to be accepted by the worldly people around him. That wouldn't make you like Jesus. That would make you like Peter. Standing by the fire Are you one of His? Do you know Him? Blankety-blank, the Bible says, Peter began to curse and to swear. Why? To prove that he was one of them, one of the world, instead of one of Christ's followers. A real man doesn't need to use vulgar language and tell dirty jokes. That's not a real man. That's somebody who lacks enough character to say what he thinks. And have enough power in his words to communicate the thought. He has to add in some color. Because his thoughts are not deep enough to be recognized. A real man does not put money before God. That would make you Judas. And not like Jesus. Judas sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. I wonder how many people today have chosen, instead of worshiping God, instead of doing the will of God, rather to make a little extra money. A real man doesn't put money before God. A real man does not run off when things get tough. That would make you like all the disciples when Jesus got arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says they all forsook Him and fled. A real man sees the trouble coming and realizes there's nothing I can do to get around it. I just have to go through it. Sometimes, I'm not asking you to take on more hardships than you need to. Don't make life more difficult than it needs to be. Amen? The uh, the Bible says, A prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself. If you can avoid the trouble, avoid it. But sometimes, the only way to get to the other side of that problem is going through the problem. David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley... Of the shadow of death. Sometimes there's no shortcut around it. When it gets tough. You just take up that cross and bear it. A real man does not go against his conscience. Simply because. It's not popular. That would make you pilot. Pilate knew this was an innocent man. He knew that he should stand with Jesus, but he also knew if I take a stand for Jesus, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose my popularity. I'll lose my position in secular society. So rather just tell the people what they want to hear. That's not a real man. A real man says, this, these are my convictions. This is how God wants me to stand, and I'll stand. A real man does not measure success with the ruler of athletics I'm not against athletics that doesn't make you a real man you can have all the trophies and plaques and ribbons and medals you want and as soon as the rapture happens you take none of them with none of them do not measure your success with the ruler of education you can have every D there is, a Ph.D. an MD, a B.D. You can have all the D's you want. I'm not against education. I'm not speaking evil of that. Those are fine, but that doesn't make you a real man. Yeah. Jesus, Jesus, had no formal education. And yet we say, behold the man. A real man does not measure his success with the ruler of finances. A real man is not a man who makes a lot of money. Jesus died penniless. He had nothing. This purple robe, this thorn, these weren't even His. When He got to the cross, they took those away. They left the crown of thorns because it mocked Him. They took everything. And yet, He stands a real man. A real man doesn't measure himself with the ruler of popularity. It doesn't matter how many people commend you the only commendation that will stand is that which the Lord gives you. A real man does not measure his success or his, his position as a man by how much liquor he can hold. Jesus had an opportunity to take a little on the cross to dull the pain. You know what he did? He spit it out. A real man doesn't seek to hide behind a bottle or a PhD, or a bank account, or what his friends has to say. All of that many times is used as a cover. Say, what does a real man do? A real man, listen very simply, seeks to fulfill the will of God for his life. And many times that does include going to work and making money and paying the bills. You see, I'm not against any of those things. But a real man says the most important thing is fulfilling the will of God. So I'll work my job the way God told me to work it. I'll use the money he gives me the way God tells me to use it. That's a real man who says, God, I have to do these things. I can't ignore these things in life. Now, how do you want me to do them? Jesus, when he comes to the end, he says to the Father, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work. Listen to this part. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Jesus understood that his father gave him a job to do, and he did it. That's a real man. You say, Brother Mike, when my boss gives me a job to do, I work hard and I do it, and thank God. I'm not against that. Praise the Lord. That's how you ought to do it. You ought to be fervent in business, the Bible says. Give 110% at your workplace. But when your earthly boss gives you a project, I have seen the diligence with which many of the men in this room go about those tasks. And you are hard workers. Many of you, hard workers. But only, if you would only take that same diligence and fervency and recognize that God has given you something to do. Men in this room, He's calling on you to stand up and be a godly, biblical Christ-like man. You have spiritual responsibilities, and it's time that you took those as seriously, yea, more seriously than the things your boss gives you to do. You have a Master in heaven. Do not take Him lightly. That's what a real man does. A real man doesn't complain when things don't go his way. The Bible tells us that Jesus was like a lamb dumb before his shearers. If anybody could have complained, it would have been Jesus. Why is this happening to me? Why don't people accept my message? I'm so kind and loving and gentle, and I've done so many miracles, and I just. You don't see Jesus anywhere moaning and griping and murmuring and complaining. He just went about doing the work of God. When Jesus was cursed, He blessed. When His enemies shouted away with Him, He prayed for them. If only we could put as much energy into praising God as we do into complaining. The word crybaby comes to mind. Gentlemen, you're grown. You're grown. Don't be a crybaby. When there's a cross to bear, take up your cross and follow Christ. See, what do you mean follow Christ? Follow His example. He didn't complain. Even though it wasn't fair. In John chapter 18, I want you to see this one in the Bible. Verse 36. A real man doesn't try to amass his kingdom while he's here on the earth let me explain verse 36 jesus answered my kingdom is not of this world if my kingdom were of this world then would my servants fight that i should not be delivered to the jews but now now is my kingdom not from hence right now my kingdom is not down here one day it will be and if you know your bible You that are saved, you will also be in that kingdom with Christ when He rules over this earth for those thousand years. And then His kingdom transfers to the new heaven and the new earth and new Jerusalem. And that kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. That's the kingdom that matters. A real man builds up that kingdom. The one where moth and rust doth not corrupt and thieves don't break through and steal. You lay up treasure in heaven for that kingdom. Why build a kingdom now that is just going to be taken over by the Antichrist anyway? (laughs) Save money. Work hard. Try to secure a future for your kids on this earth. There's nothing wrong with that. A real man would do that. A real man plans ahead. Now plan ahead. You're not going to be here forever. Your kids are not going to be here forever. Yes, make sure that they can step into that next generation and make a difference. But make a difference not only in this world, but for God. A real man prepares for that which is to come even 100 years, 200 years, 500 years from now. You're going to be somewhere. Amen. You're going to be somewhere. A real man has that long look. Verse 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. What he's saying is, well, you're not wrong. (laughs) You're not wrong. I, I am. Just not now. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So if a person is seeking for truth, they will naturally be drawn to what Jesus said because everything he's saying is truth. Here's my next point. A real man tells the truth even when it's not convenient. Jesus said, listen, I'm here to tell the truth. And if that leads me to a cross, then so be it. But I'm here to tell you what God told me to say. I'm here to stand for the truth. Unfortunately, verse 38 happens far too often. Pilate saith unto him, what is truth? What is truth? And when he had said this, what did he do next? He went out. Again unto the Jews, saith unto them, I find in... He asked Jesus, what is truth? Did you know you can't ask a better person that question? The problem is he didn't stick around for the answer. Gentlemen, rather than griping, complaining about the current affairs of the world, about how difficult your life is, and I don't claim that it's not difficult. Many of you have problems I'll never know about. I, I get it. When you go to God and say, God, what do I do about that? There are answers to many of those problems. You will find truth that will lead you and guide you in through that valley that you're in. But you got to stick around. you got to show up and hear what Jesus has to say. A real man is interested in the truth. He doesn't just ask questions and walk away. He's interested in telling the truth. He's interested in hearing the truth, learning the truth, and living by the truth. A real man sacrifices for those that he loves. The Bible tells us, Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it, a real man will sacrifice for those that he loves. A real man does not consider women as a trophy to be bragged about in locker rooms. A real man finds that one precious woman that he will honor and cherish for the rest of his life, and he recognizes that she is a pearl of great price, worthy of you giving up everything to purchase that one pearl. The Bible says that that virtuous woman, her price is far above rubies. And what does the man, a real man, do for that? He gives up everything he has and purchases that precious stone. A real man puts himself second so he can minister to those people that he's in charge of. A real man loves his wife even when she's not so lovable. Husbands, Love your wives and be not bitter against them. That's not my quote, by the way. That's Colossians 3 verse 19. Some of you are looking at me like, yeah, where did he come up with that? Bible. (laughs) Colossians 3 verse 19. Be not bitter against them. Just imagine if Jesus had been the typical man of the world, going to the cross, going, Yo, I'm about to die for these people, but those sorry suckers, look at what they're doing. He would have been there for a while, talking about how many reasons he has not to go through all that trouble for us. Rather, a real man says, you know what, I love them, even on their bad days. And even though they may not be living a worthy life of my sacrifice because God told me to do this for them, I'm going to treat them the way my father told me to treat them. Why? Because God said so. It has nothing to do with their behavior. It has to do with God told me to treat them like this. So I'm going to. And that's what a real man does. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 22, verse 30, just listen to this verse, please. Listen carefully. God said, I sought for a man among them. I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. Here's how the verse ends. God said, but I found none. I'm looking for a man, God said. I, just, I, I, need, I need a real man. I don't need somebody that's just going to show up here and there. I need a faithful man. I need a sacrificial man. I need a serious man, a genuine man. I need a man that's like the man. I'm looking for that man, God says. Somebody that can stand up and be an example for the rest of the land. He can plug the gap. I need that man. God looked all over Israel and couldn't find that man. So I'm looking for that man. I don't think I'm stretching it at all to say this morning that God is still looking. Throughout South Africa, let's just narrow it down to Potch. Could you, sir, be the man that God's looking for? See, I don't know if he'd he'd put his hand on me to fulfill this right now. Then how about today you make a commitment to striving to be that man. To say, Lord, whatever it is in me that is not like Christ, remove it. And whatever you need to add to my life to make me more like Christ, I want to be a real man. And the only way to be a real man is to be like the man. I say to you today, behold the man. Pilate had it right. I find no fault in him. I want to learn to be a real man. I could and I considered giving you several examples of men that have stood out in my life, men that have helped shape my life. God has used them. They have been examples to me. Various preachers. Sometimes they weren't preachers. Sometimes they were just good men. Godly men. And they made a difference in my life. Rather than do that, I do not want to detract today. I don't want to take your focus off of the Lord Jesus Christ. Behold, it says. Behold, look, cake. There He is. Fix your eyes on the man. There's no fault in Him. Ladies, children, young folks, what do you want in a dad? Ladies, what do you want from a husband? What are we looking for? What do we want them to become? We, as we study the Bible, we read about Jesus, and we, all of us, want to become more like that. Ladies, kids, pray for your husband, pray for your dad. God help him to be this man, this godly man. I have not kept account. I'm going to finish with this idea, though I've not kept a count on this. I wish I would have. And I'm, I don't want to exaggerate it and say hundreds of times. It's not that, but, but dozens of times. I've had people approach me and say, Pastor, I'm lacking a godly father figure in my life or... We're, I'm lacking a godly, male figure, a male example, amongst the church. That's not a Bible Baptist thing, It's not just a South Africa thing. I think worldwide, we're lacking men that'll stand up and be an example of what a real man is. A real man doesn't walk around pounding his chest going, "I'm a real man." Jesus didn't have to do that. You know how he did it? He got alone in a garden. And he spent three hours in prayer. Any of you men ever spent three hours in prayer? Three hours. And his conclusion was this. Not my will. Thine be done. That's a real man. Real man says, Father, you put me here. For this and that purpose, help me do it. So gentlemen, I'm charging you. I'm challenging you today. This is what we expect from a man. To follow in the footsteps of the man. Keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Strive to become like Him. Let's all stand if you would please. Let's have our heads bowed and eyes closed for a moment. Perhaps you need to spend a moment in your personal Gethsemane. Talk to your Father in Heaven. Make that commitment this morning. I want to be a real man. Men, we have plenty of room here at the altar if you want to come and make that commitment. Say, God, help me. I want to be that kind of man. Ladies, don't take this as just for the men. Pray for your husband. Pray for your dad. Come on, gentlemen. Men, the greatest thing you can do for your family is be like Christ. You cannot do better than that. there's There's spots open here at the altar. How about you guys come? There's a gap right here. God said He's looking for a man to fill the gap. I got a gap right there. There's a gap right there. I see a gap over here. How about some of you guys come fill these gaps? There we go. We're plugging some gaps. That's good. Some of these men are finishing up and heading back, and and there's another gap. You don't have to be a preacher to be a real man. Did did you get that this morning? Did you realize I didn't say you had to preach to be a real man? That wasn't part of it. A real man finds the will of God and does it. No matter what it cost him. A real man loves the Lord Jesus Christ because he is the man. That's what a man's supposed to be. A couple of men still praying, give them a moment. Perhaps you're here today and you've never been saved. That man that we read about this morning, he went on to the cross. And he died in your place, even though you didn't deserve it. He loved you when you were completely unlovable. Unlovable. Say, I'm, but I'm a real man. I don't want to ask help from anybody. No, no, you're a proud man. That's not a real man. A real man knows when to take help. Jesus needed help carrying his cross. A real man does that. Here's your chance to say, Lord, I cannot do this without you. I cannot save myself. You died in my place. I, I need you as my Savior. You can do that this morning. Anybody, man or woman. Father, we thank you this morning for sending your Son, the man, Christ Jesus. God manifest in the flesh showed us what a real man ought to be. And Lord, help us. I, I do pray for everybody, women, children, yes, but also especially the men this morning Many commitments were made. Help us, God, as this week and month continues to live up to that commitment. Thank you, Lord, for stepping into my life and showing me what a man ought to be. Help me, help us as men to fill that gap. To be the examples we ought to be in our homes, in our workplaces, in our classrooms. Lord Jesus, we love You. Thank You for dying in our place. Thank You for loving us when we're not lovable. Help us to be more like You. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.